Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five seconds left in the game. You believe in Context, there's no disrespect, so when I bust my rhyme, you break your necks. We got five minutes for us to disconnect. All of it is on the field. We're going to get the mission. We're Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Welcome to the opening line. We are your hosts, Wits and Roz. We're back. I gotta tell you, Wits, I can already tell I'm exhausted. I'm gonna do my best for the energy levels today, but I'm exhausted. It has been Another long week, especially the last 48 hours. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm pretty, t- I'm pretty tired myself. Uh, started another softball league last week, so six Boy. games a week. It's, uh, it's pretty tough on a 26-year-old body when you're not really doing much else. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm with you on that. I played nine basketball games last Sunday. Outside of, like, sunburn on my forehead and face, I got a strained bicep, which I didn't know you could do. I like went in. This is the perks of having a friend that's a physical therapist. Huge. Goes a long way. People are like, no famous people, no chefs, no teachers. No, no physical therapists. They're the ones who will take care of your ailing bodies, even at the age of 26. <laughs> it's rough out there, man. It is, dude. It's tough. Um, we got a lot to talk about. The NBA is where your head and my head has been at most recently. I'm going to get you to poke around a little baseball because we're almost there, folks, ladies and gentlemen of the opening line fan base, which, by the way, most downloads we've ever had in a month this month. We broke a number I didn't think we were going to break. So thank you, guys. Was it, like, was it three? It, dude, it is 200 times that. So that just, I mean, impressed to say the least especially since we don't hear from any of you guys. I swear to God, if you guys, if there is anybody listening and these aren't like, I don't even know how things get downloaded these days, but if anybody's listening at Ethan Rose for me on Instagram, all you want, you just be on the show. You'd be a co-host. You could take my spot. Honestly, that's yeah, me too. That's how busy. That's how busy life is getting. Um, but let me bitch for a second before we get into anything. The Olympics are coming this summer. And I was going to say we're two weeks away from doing fantasy football breakdowns, which you know, gets me going. I mean, more so than Riley Reed, who just got married. Um, <laughs> so I'm looking at the, the Olympics. They're coming up. And I don't think, like, basketball is not what I think about when it comes to the Olympics, but that's what I'm about to rag on. And, Wits, I know you're going to look up Olympic stuff. Don't worry. This is – I'm not – you don't need any stats for this. <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm, <laughs> I'm looking up – so listen to this year's U.S. basketball team. Zach Levine, who no disrespect, obviously, because he's a Chicago Bull. Jeremy Grant from the Pistons. We've got Bam Adebayo, Jason Tatum, Kevin Love, um, Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, 
Devin Booker, who will be cool to see. Draymond Green, who I don't think has been a viable NBA option in the last five years since their last title. Damian Lillard and Kevin Durant. Bradley Beal as well. And I, I see that roster. I'm like, ah, you know, maybe, maybe the United States is the best country for basketball in the world. And then I think to myself, Kevin Durant's the only person on that list. He's going for his third gold medal. I know Kevin Love was on the 2012 team, but Draymond Green's the only other returner. And that guy is just, he's not a scoring option. I, I, you know, he might get in the other team's head. I think the USA is in some trouble and you can tell me if I'm wrong, but if I'm throwing Jeremy Grant out there, I think Luca and the Croatians or wherever he's from are going to have a field day. <laughs> I don't know about that, Roz. I mean, you know, maybe we are missing a couple of the best players, but this is, this is a pretty damn good team. Um, I mean, Damian Lillard, I think you, you've made the argument before that he could be the best point guard in the NBA. Jason Tatum and Devin Booker, two of the best young stars that the league has to offer. And then, you know, maybe we're lacking a little bit um, on the big man side of things, but I think Bam Adebayo is, I would say, a top 10 center in the league. I, but then, then there's my problem, and it's, I think DeAndre Ayton's already better. And we're going to get into this, obviously, because he just had one of the craziest plays ever. But you don't even have a Jimmy Butler on this team. You don't have a Russell Westbrook. You don't have a James Harden, who I know, hamstring injury. No LeBron, no AD, no um, Steph Curry. I mean, even Klay Thompson. You're missing a lot. I, I just want that to be known. I mean, De'Aaron Fox isn't on that list, and I think De'Aaron Fox is an interesting option. I, I know you can only have so many point guards on a team. Um, I, I think this is a bit of an overreaction by you. No, 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 no. I want to – because cause look at what ha- look what's happening. Giannis won't play for us. Got that. Jokic won't play for that. Got that. Doncic won't play for us. Absolutely not. Those are might be the stars of the league. There's five guys on a court at one time. I think Luka beat some of these teams that they throw out there by himself. I do. It's the same with Jokic. They beat, he beats Jeremy Grant on the regular. Jason what do you Tate? got against Jeremy Grant? He was, uh, was going to be the comeback player of the year for most of the year. He came in second. I mean, uh, let me ask you this then. All right. Who do you want to see on the USA team? That I, think I, named, I think I named everybody I want that should be on the USA team. You, okay. go, you go to win for your country. And I get it. They've already done it enough. But, like, even Chris Paul. Think about, it, like, Kobe Bryant, Dwayne Wade, Chris Paul, LeBron James. Those guys never took an Olympics off. And now LeBron is. Now LeBron is. He's coming back. I don't know if I want LeBron on this team. I want him. He's the staple of the United States. I mean, if they can't win the gold medal with this group of guys, you I mean, watch. You watch and see. No AD. Another big one. I think AD is the most important big man in the United States. But he's hurt. Hmm. It's. I think it's an overreaction, buddy. I appreciate your passion for the Olympics, but I mean that if that team can't win it, then we're in a lot. I don't of know, man. I I think we are. I think this is going to be. Which one did we lose? We lost to Spain once, didn't we? Yeah, like it was the Gasol brothers. Maybe I have no idea. Zach Levine, really? The Bulls suck. You you know what I'm looking at? This is what I'm looking at. A bunch of guys who can shoot the ball. There's not anything else on that team. There's only one ball. 
these are all scorers. Bradley Beal, losing team. All they did, all he did was score. Zach Levine, all he did was score. Damian Lillard, the same issue. All he what are you going to say score. about Dame? I will. You know what? I'm going to put it on the list. nothing but gonna, praise him. I have praised him. But I'm going to – and on this team, too many scores. Nothing else. There's nothing else there. They, it's literally when I look at this, this is what they built. They built a team only shoot. Devin Booker, score. This is what they did. They put Draymond Green, not a score. That's my, about to be my joke. This is what it is. They literally put every scorer from the United States on one team and then Draymond Green because the guy has the ugliest shot in the NBA. And the only thing he's going to do in that game is be like, I'm trying to think of like a great analogy. It's like everyone outside. It's like he's going to be that football machine that spits footballs out at you. Honestly, he's just going to stand at the free throw line and just go. And this is bad radio because you can't see me doing what I'm doing. But it's just going to shoot at, out at the three-point line. There won't be one layup or dunk. It's going to be That's everybody what he does. He's an assist guy now. Everyone's just going to shoot a three. And you know what Bam out of Bio is there for? Rebounds. Yeah, you need somebody only guy, to get... Only guy there, Kevin Love. Those were empty stats. In t- Let's... Those were empty stats in Minnesota. I don't want it. No, I'm going to say Kevin Durant's a pretty good rebounder. When he got to give me when he in the NBA playoffs, this is like there's no way he's playing Uzbekistan and getting rebounds, you know, like because he, oh, he won't need to then, dude. Chris Kevin Durant won't cross half court to play, he won't play defense, he will stand right in between the halfway point of the half court line and whatever the international three point line is. And these guys are gonna have to learn the FIBA ball, so I'm sure they've been okay in the past, I'm sure they'll figure it out. Well. Okay. The Olympics, we're, we're going to move on. I might have over-exaggerated. It's okay. I think we're going to lose. Um, I'm just going to – I'm going to be the negative Nelly. But before, before we get into sports, I'm curious about gambling on the Olympics. Me and you have never done it. Like, there's, a, there's something about betting on horses racing. I feel horrible betting on, like, humans racing. I don't know why I have that issue. But it is what it is. Um, and now a word from our sponsor who is also gambling-related. The month of June is heating up. For Wits and I, it's, it's going gnarly. And uh, there's tons of exciting sports action, and Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all of your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today on, or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip off, face off, or pitch ahead, Oh, or pitch, head on over. See, they needed an extra comma there. That one I wasn't even going to mess up. Head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sporting experts. And just because they didn't put it in their own thing, go to betonline.ag. <laughs> That's where you need to go. I guess I'm writing, I'm writing their prompts for them. Um, all right, Wits. Yeah, natural copywriters. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Wits. Nat- <laughs> NBA playoffs, four teams left. Atlanta Hawks happen to be one of them. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like that's a, great, that's a great place to start. Yeah. We got to talk about the, the debacle that was the you, 76ers. Go, go into it. I'm grabbing a water. You talk, you t- break down the series a little bit and how you, how you feel about the 76ers because warm me up for the Ben Simmons rip that is coming. <laughs> so, you know, overall, the 76ers, what we've been hearing the past eight years, right? It's been the trust, the process. Sam Hinkie started it. It was the acquisition of a bunch of draft picks. Um, looking at it now, I would say it didn't really work out so well. 
right? We had uh, Julia Okafor, um, a couple other big misses by the 76ers, but they kind of rallied around, put together a pretty good team, right? A team that got the number one seed in the East. Um, and whatever you want to say about that, 76ers, I would say, were a top four team in the East. Absolutely. And, you know, just looking at the team they put together, right, you've got Joel Embiid, who I think when he's on the court is the best center in the game. You've got Tobias Harris, who I think is a pretty good number three option. And we're not, we're not going to get to him quite yet, but the fact that the 76ers not only lost this series, but the fashion in which they lost it, you know, being up 20-plus points in game five, being up in game seven, and really just really just melting down in the fourth quarter, I think of four different games, right? Because if you watch just all the halftime, all the first halves of that series, you would have said, this is four, maybe five games. But the Atlanta Hawks just hung around and hung around in the 76ers in what was, I would say, one of the biggest meltdowns I've ever seen from an entire series perspective, from a game seven perspective. It, it's tr it was truly disgusting to me. And I'm not a 76ers fan. I didn't bet on the 76ers. I actually had the Bucks to win the East. So I, I wasn't angry when they lost. But Roz, looking at the whole culmination of the trust the process, all these different pieces, number one seed, where are we left now? Because I think this 76ers team, we're getting close to dismantling the whole thing. Yeah. And you, you joked, I was going to say, you joked about it other day that they're they're potentially two years removed from being that team that set the record for worst win percentage in a season right they're, so, yeah, they're a couple like, years away from that and we're gonna have to trust the new process what do you what do you do when you've already tried trusting the process what do you do after that trust I mean, the system trust the system trust i mean the, the first the first thing about the process is I don't think it was very good to begin with i mean before you have a process and you get players you, you need to have establish a winning culture Right, you look at some of the best teams in any league, right? it's, it's just kind of the culture. It's a winning culture, right? Whether we're going to talk about, you know, the Packers, you know, the Patriots, um, the Cardinals, the Yankees. I mean, just there's always different players, right? but these teams always seem to be competing. The 76ers, to me, never really had that. And although they put together a very good team with – I'm not going to say a very good coach because if you want to look at Doc Rivers' past 10 playoffs, there, there's, a, there's a lot of funny stuff out there that you can read of how many games and series he's blown. But, Roz, I think, uh, I think the takeaway and the biggest topic of conversation in this series was the guy that I kind of feel bad for right now. And it's Ben Simmons. And I know you have a dude, lot of thoughts. So I'm going to let you, I'm gonna let you, you go in on Dude, you only feel bad because he's getting ripped on so hard. Uh, yeah. That, that's part of it, but I, I, I've got my take, but I, I want you to go in, um, tell me about, you know, Ben I, Simmons, where we stand, and is there any light at the end of the tunnel here? No, I'm about to go in, but tell me if I'm wrong. Here's a quick one. There's another overreaction, potentially. They missed, they missed J.J. Redick. That was a bad release. And I can go into the Jimmy Butler thing, which I might go into when, we, when I talk about the Ben Simmons thing here in a second. End of the day, I needed somebody to make a shot. Didn't have JJ Reddick out there, but and that and that was a win. They, they, they won more games. Curry, uh, they did have Seth Curry, and that's what, an overreaction by Ross. All right, so we're back over here. Where <laughs> Seth Curry is the number two there, not no longer Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons isn't even top five. The guy was on the bench for the final two minutes of the mm. of the series. Ben Simmons, 
here's my issue with it. It is, it was this product of, it's funny because in a world where Seth Curry reigns supreme, and if you're a kid at any age playing basketball, you're like, oh my God, let me shoot out the gym. Then you get products like Trey Young. You get products like Damian Lillard. Um, but then there's also the players who are just so highly praised due to their like body size and their athleticism. And that's what Ben Simmons is. And honestly, at the college basketball level, and especially in the SEC, the years he, were, he was there, the SEC was never a dominating force in college basketball. So this kid, the biggest guard probably in the SEC, dominated between, between the lines and which lines I'm talking about are, are the paint lines. And it just looked good. It just looked like he had the NBA body. And the idea is, and I think not everybody can be LeBron James. The idea is that you come in and be this super athlete and you can then later work on your shot. And that's what LeBron ultimately has done with his career. Um, Andrew Wiggins a little bit as well, honestly. And that was the big knock on Andrew Wiggins was, will he be able to shoot? And Ben Simmons won't shoot at all. It's not even that he's a bad shooter. He won't shoot it. Like, you, you can't even tell if he's a bad shooter or not because the ball never leaves his hand in a shooting motion. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Yeah, and, Roz, I, you know, I want to back up the argument with some stats because um, I, think, I think what we saw in that series was the culmination of everything that could have possibly gone wrong with 76ers and Ben Simmons, and it got played out on the national stage, so it seemed like the world was coming to an end. Um, the thing about Ben Simmons for me, I mean, coming out of LSU, right, I, I think it was, it was kind of known that he wasn't like a very good shooter, right? But what he was – I don't know to this extent. I think you're right. I think it was known well, he, wasn't a, he wasn't a shooter. I don't even think – yeah. Right. But, I mean, if you look at, you know, you look at Ben Simmons' stat line the past four years, I mean, the guy averages 16, 8, and 8, shoots about 55%. So just on the outset there, like, if Ben Simmons isn't going to take 10 jumps out of the game, that's fine with me. Like, if he can be a facilitator, he's a great defender, right? Can't take that away from him. But the 76ers, to me, and I don't know if this is a organizational problem, a coaching problem, or maybe it's, maybe it's a Ben Simmons problem, too. But the fact that you have a former number one overall pick who has been your point guard the entire year look so lost on the basketball court. I mean, it was, it was honestly hard to watch. And like you said, Roz, not putting him in the top five, he wasn't on the floor the last two minutes of the game. And it was very obvious why is because he can't shoot free throws. Right. And that's, and that's the only you time know, you got to see him shoot it. Right. So for me, Ben Simmons, it was like, you know, first it was the free throws, you know, not shooting like 30%, like abominably bad. Right. I mean, even even the guys, even the seven footers who the ball is like a tennis ball in their hand, most of them can shoot 50 percent. But Ben Simmons just looked so scared and so apprehensive out there because he knew that the only way he can really score is to take the ball to the rack. But that comes with a big huh. risk of getting fouled. So to me. And, and how about really, a wide open dunk that he passed on? Right. That, that was kind of the the culmination of everything that was wrong with the 76ers and Ben Simmons was when he passed up that dunk and passed it to Matisse Thibel, who only made one free throw and they never took a lead again in that game. So for me that the Ben Simmons thing, 
it was just it was just a spiral that kept getting worse and worse and it was at its worst point when the most people were watching in game seven of you know the eastern conference semis and he took a lot of crap for it It still is taking a lot of crap because it's it's really unacceptable prize i mean to not be on the floor the last two minutes of the game because you can't execute one of the i guess say one of the most simple things in the game um man it's just it's just a microcosm of the 76ers as a whole just just a little bit dysfunctional and not getting the job done let me tell you no no city in the world you want to pull that shit in less than philadelphia I'll let you know. Right. So for me, I think I think the Ben Simmons experiment in Philadelphia needs to end because I just I don't see a guy like that coming back um, and really making things work. Now, for me personally, and I think that's a guy still with a lot of potential because you know, like we said, maybe he can't shoot, but he can do a lot of things well. Right. He he can rebound. He can pass the ball. He's one of the better defenders in the league. So as a point guard, you know, maybe your, your point guard doesn't have to be the guy that puts up 25 points a game, right? That's why we got five spots in the floor. But, you know, for Ben Simmons, I mean, the first thing got to be the free throws. Because if the only thing you can do is take to the rack, that's fine with me. But you, you can't shoot 35% from the line because then what's going to happen, happens, right? The guy refuses to shoot the ball. And then when he's right under the basket, he doesn't shoot the ball at the most critical moment in the game. And that was – uh. And it was just hard to watch. It was a little bit cringeworthy. And I felt for I felt for him a little bit. But you know, overall, 76ers, I'm just shaking my head. That that's the only way I can look at the end result of that series. Because there's no reason the Atlanta Hawks had any business winning that series. But meanwhile, here they are. Yeah. I uh I'm with in this process that they had talked about for so long. Think about it starting with like Markel Fultz, another point guard they drafted that can't, that can't score. I know he's getting better wherever he is. And I know he had a shoulder injury and legitimately forgot how to shoot. I don't know how that happens, but it happens, you know. I don't want to dog on that guy too hard, but it's time for Ben to move on. I think Philadelphia, I've seen some things about, I mean, his value being as low as trading him for CJ McCollum, but I don't get that on the Portland side. I really wouldn't want Ben Simmons complimenting Dre, or Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard needs other people helping him score. That's the problem there. They're also Swiss cheese defense over there, but like, and which I guess Simmons could come in and help, but they need other people to be accountable and take some of the load off of Damian. And I don't think Ben Simmons necessarily does that. I saw one team. I saw the doctoring up of one thing. I saw an image of Steph Curry. Clay Thompson and Ben Simmons in the middle of that. That for some reason was the first time a light bulb went in my head and I was like, ding, that could work. That that is the space that could work. He really doesn't need to score there. He really just needs to be a premier defender on the perimeter against bigger guards that Curry and Clay can't stay in front of. Um, that would be an interesting place. And the Warriors have the pick to do it this year. The Warriors also still have James Weissman, who they saw or drafted last year. So they've got a big man down low. Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Ben Simmons. If there was one place Ethan's okay seeing him go because he won't be a detriment to that team, I think Golden State is where you would land if you're Ben Simmons. Yeah, no, that'd be very interesting. Um, but yeah, Roz, looking at where Ben Simmons is at now, 
I think Philly's in a little bit of trouble here, right? They've got, you know, almost $100 million committed to three guys, right? Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. three hundred million million. Well, I mean, like, per, per year. Yeah, per year. Right? Got it, got Out it, of the okay. cap. Like, basically, almost their entire cap is three guys. Tobias Harris, I was a big fan of earlier in the playoffs, but he kind of pulled a little ghost effect there at the end of the last couple games in the fourth quarter. Wasn't really there. And Joel Embiid, Say what you want about him on the floor. He's the best center in the league. But one key question is, how often is he on the floor? Because it seems like that guy is one knee injury or one foot injury away from never playing again. And he's yeah. always hurt. And I give him a lot of credit for gutting it out. But, I mean, a guy that big getting hurt this often, how long can it last? I really don't know. And nobody's going to say this, but I will. Joel Embiid, back-to-back games with seven turnovers. I know he is basically doing everything, but that's too much. That's too much. And nobody's going to give him flack because the whole Ben Simmons thing, that's too many turnovers. And that was one of the reasons of many why they lost the series. Well, it was definitely the nail in the coffin, the final turnover of the game. Um, Yeah, honestly, Philadelphia is in some trouble. Doc Rivers can say whatever he needs to say about fixing their problems in the offseason. But we don't have to worry about them, Wits, because the Atlanta Hawks are the team who were giving – who we should be giving credit to for should be. should be knocked off by the Knicks should be knocked off by the seven Sixers, but not the day they say they fight on. And now they got the Milwaukee bucks, a team that we had given all the shit in the world to after dropping game five. And they came back and we're like, Hey, we'll take six and seven. Don't you worry. They take six and seven. They knock off the nets and KD Giannis. Gets to avoid some criticism for another round, and he gets the Atlanta Hawks, the Bucks, eight-point favorites tonight, which is insane. Um, <laughs> I I told you this when we spoke earlier today. I I think they come out and put the smack down on the Hawks and kind of end this conversation of do the Hawks stand a chance to be an NBA finalist um, out of the East? And I really think this is going to be a quick series. I I understand the heart, the will, the grit of this Hawks team and a week from now, I can be tucking my tail between my legs, being like I was completely wrong. But from everything I'm looking at, even as dramatic as the Bucks get and how bad they can play in certain moments, I, I think this is one they, they come out of. I would like to think that, but I'm still, I'm still in shock that the Bucks won that series because even if James Harden never came back, it was just hard for me to picture the Bucks winning an important game because it seems like they never have for the past two years, but now we sit here and part of me thinks you might be right, Roz, maybe beating the Nets was like the monkey off of their back that they needed to just go on an explosion. Cause I think on the outset, you look at the Bucks team. I mean, that it's a very solid team. And when guys like when Chris Middleton and Drew holiday um, are playing like they can and Giannis is doing his, just putting his head down, going 30 and 15, whatever, it's a very solid team, right? And I'm, su- I'm still surprised they won against the Nets, but I think they're clearly the better team than the Hawks. But, I mean, the 76ers were as well. So, for me, I'm going to set the over-under at 6.5 in this series. If it goes over 6.5, the Bucs are going home, but I, I think this is going to be a four- or five-game series. And I, I think the Bucs are just better. And they're, they're going to prove that here. The Bucks better not let Atlanta push to seven. That would be. <laughs> I think. I think the Bucks are going to run out of luck if uh, if that's the case. 
Um, but yeah, overall, you know, we, we really haven't talked about the Hawks at all, but I give them a lot of credit though. I mean, Trey Young, um, you know, even when he wasn't scoring, still facilitating, seemed to come up with that big shot when they really needed it. You know, I know that tough, tough field goal percentage at times, but, you know, guys like John Collins, Clint Capella, um, Bogdanovich really didn't have, I think, that good of an end of the series. But, you know, guys like Kevin Herter, um, Solomon Hill, you know, just just a bunch of, seems like, like role players really stepping up to the table. And you, you have to give them credit because nobody gave them a chance to beat the Knicks, even though it was like a 50-50 series. Nobody gave them a chance against Philly. And I don't think people are giving them any chance against the Bucks, but from what I've seen so far, you know, how can you not give them a little bit of a shot here? Because, I mean, it was, it was amazing, right, how many people took the Knicks over the Hawks when it was like a 50-50 series. It was like 90% of the people were on the Knicks, myself included. Yeah. Um, I, I know you were. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I've been, I haven't really been dogging Atlanta. I think this is the first time I'll come in and be like, hey, this is over, and I'm sure I thought Philadelphia would take care of Atlanta. And I'm glad – I really didn't bet the last last round of the playoffs. It was kind of hard to bet after – there, there it is. There's the yawn for the, for the fans at home. Um, it was pretty hard to bet after the sun swept the, the Nuggets, and it was just all over the place when it came to the Clippers-Jazz series. Um, yeah. I'll give an ounce of a shot for the Atlanta Hawks, but like I said, if I have it my way, I believe the Bucks could win this in a in a broom fashion, a quick sweep of the of the series. Now we're already two games. What's crazy is that series hasn't even started. We're already two games in to the Suns Clippers series. Clippers with a quite the statement series win over the Utah Jazz, not even getting to a game seven, coming back from twenty six points down in the second half to win game six. Um, that was impressive. The Suns obviously swept the Nuggets. Now we're at 2-0 for the third series in a row. The Clippers are down two games to nothing. Um, the, last, the last one, they won four in a row, which is crazy. Um, what do you see now after such a crazy play? I always think that goes – I always think that goes one of two ways. That he, I mean, they're coming home so that that could be nullified. Or that happened and they're just demoralized. Like, 0-2 for the third straight time on that kind of a loss. Could be the end of the Clippers. I know you think they have more fight in them. Yeah, I do think they have more fight in them. And, Roz, I mean, they're, they're already the only team in NBA history to come back from 2 two nothing deficits. So, you know, who's to say they can't do it again? They are going home. Um, a couple big takeaways from game two. First on the league. The last two minutes of regulation took 30 minutes in real time. And I don't give a crap what was going on. That is unacceptable. The amount of reviews, it was like review, three-second play, foul, commercial, three-second play, review. It was ridiculous. It was hard to watch. And I think the funny, the funny thing about that last play, the Suns were actually out of timeouts. But because the last play was under review, for about four minutes I think that's that play came out of that final regroup there so if you're I mean if you're the Suns I would say that's a little bit lucky because normally you don't have any timeouts you can't draw up that kind of play but that's exactly what happened and I mean talking about the play Roz it was awesome right and I, I think the first thought for most people 
were cheering for the Clippers was, you know, that's goaltending. You can't do that. But there's actually no goaltending on an inbounds play. Nope. So it was it, it was perfection, and it was awesome to see DeAndre Ayton put it in because I, I love Ayton, and he, he's been growing on me this playoffs. I know we were kind of questioning at the start of the year, you know, whether he'd be a key piece and the Suns making a playoff run, and I, I think the answer, the answer is absolutely yes. Then on the other side of the ball rise, um, what's going to get lost in the shuffle here is Paul George making two go-ahead buckets in the last minute, down one both times. But what does everybody remember? The two missed free throws with 12 seconds left, up one. Um, and, man, the, the playoff P narrative, I thought it was, it was pushed away last series, right? Down 2-0 against the number one seed. Kawhi goes down. He puts the team on his back, just absolutely takes it to the Jazz for four games in a row. And now he has another big chance, right? Maybe that game goes to overtime. Maybe the Suns missed that shot but you missed two free throws down the stretch that play to eight and happens. They lose the game by one. The narrative is back, right? It's Paul George doesn't perform in the playoffs. I think it's a little bit unfair, but it's amazing. He makes two buckets within the last minute, but doesn't make the free throws. And that's what we all remember. So man, another guy I feel a little bit bad for because I, I really respect what Paul George has done this playoffs. You got to make your free throws, man. You got to make at least one there. You got to make your free throws, as our brothers at the Charity Stripe would say on the Believe Podcast Network. Um, that is, you're right. He did hit two super important shots. And oh man, I, whew, geez, wait, it's been late this year. Um, or late in the day here. No, it's he. The free throws also ultimately, yes, you need to make them. Would have put him in a situation where could have gone to overtime or you hold on to the win. Obviously they weren't trailing. So the free throws didn't cost it for them. Ultimately you can then look back to your defense for letting up a shot with 0.9 seconds left. But yeah, I think people will probably take the free throws and the playoff P narrative um, and run with it. This next game is actually currently slated at a one and a half in favor of the Phoenix Suns on the road. Again, I, I'm under the impression, me and you are on opposite sides here, that they did just demoralize the Clippers, and I think maybe they get Chris Paul back. I have no idea. But if they do, I think that's gonna. I think they're going to run away with game three. I think they're going to do what they did against the Denver Nuggets, and I think they're going to come out fucking hot and just run away, win by 20. The games have been close so far in the series, and I think we're one – for one quick uh, quick run to start the game away from that thing getting out of hand and Patrick Beverly pushing Devin Booker the wrong way one more time. It's going to lead Devin Booker to put up a 50-spotter on him. So that's my take. I, I would rip the one and a half for game three. Yeah, Russ, I just – I don't see the Clippers – I don't see them dropping game three here. I mean, they obviously it was an extremely close game in game two. And, you know, one thing that we've seen from the Clippers is playoffs. Um, they've been unbelievable at making adjustments, right, when it seems like all is lost. Um, you, know, you remember when it was 2-0 against the Mavs, people, people were calling for Ty Lue's head, trashing the Clippers. They come back. Jazz, same thing. They come back. So one thing i got to give them credit for is actually making those in-series adjustments, which is something that the Jazz and Quinn Snyder didn't do any of, right? They just said, this is what got us here. This is what we're going to do. And they got their butts kicked. They didn't do anything differently. So for game three with the Clippers here, 
it seems like besides Paul George, every important game, they always have a key guy step up, right? Whether it's Reggie Jackson, whether it's Marcus Morris, whether it's Batum, whether it's Terrence Mann. So for me, I feel like they're just going to have a, an, another great effort from a guy who's really not the main source of attraction, right? It's, it's Paul George. He's the top guy. I would say Reggie Jackson's probably the number two. Um, but I think they're going to have another key effort here, make some adjustments. And this Clippers team, I it completely changed my tune from earlier this year. So I thought, I thought they weren't that good. But now that I'm looking at it, I think they're actually a very solid team. And the way they've been able to compete without – maybe the best player in the NBA has also been very impressive. So I, I don't see them dropping game three here. So if I were to make a bet on the game, I, I would just take the Clippers money line. Okay. You got to do what you got to do. We haven't been hitting the horn too much on this. Wits, I'm forcing you into it. It'll be quick. We'll head out of the show on it. We have to do it. I have it pulled up on CBS right now. I'm looking at it. As we speak, I know exactly you know what I'm talking about. I'm lost for words. I barely pay attention to baseball until the postseason goes. And while you're pulling it up, we might as well talk about baseball being arguably the most stained sport in American history, now with pitching issues, with substances being used to pitch, um, as well as some other other cheating scandals coming out and about. But outside of that baseball just isn't has been that exciting for me the Cubs have been the Cubs are in LA this weekend I'm going Sunday so I'll be in attendance Dodger Stadium go Cubby go we'll be seeing Kershaw for the third or fourth time in my lifetime um what a number one here Wits I wouldn't have guessed it and I'm not like the baseball star of this podcast but 47 and 26 number one in the power rankings the San Francisco Giants is this the ghost of the Buster Posey-led team? The Giants, that, <laughs> the Giants that won every calendar year that read an even number behind it? I mean, come on. Number one team in baseball right now, ahead of the Dodgers and Padres, who are sitting at respectively second and eight on the power rankings. Blowing my mind, Wits. I don't even think I can name a player on the Giants right now, if you ask me. Yeah, Raz, uh, really an amazing story here, right? When we talked about Major League Baseball and the NLS specifically, it was, you know, Padres, Dodgers. Can the Padres possibly take down the Dodgers? But meanwhile, we have the Giants here. And I don't, I don't think people had them winning more than 70 games this year, right? This was supposed to be a very bad Giants team. But like you said, the ghost of Buster Posey ha- has, has awoken, right? He's having a great year. And this Giants team, I mean, no matter what you think about them, even if you don't believe still, they are 20 games over 500. So, I mean, you don't play 70 games in the major leagues. And at a certain point, you are what your record says you are. And the Giants are playing some fantastic baseball right now um, and is making this NL West just a little bit tougher for the Dodgers and the Padres. So, Holy I mean, hell, I didn't even know Buster Posey was still playing. He's batting 328 with an open. OBP of 408, 12 home runs, 27 RBIs. The guy's on one. The ghost is awoken. It's not even a word. Yeah, the ghost is absolutely awake. So the NL West, I mean. Evan Longoria on the team, too. (laughs) This is a blast of the 2012 past. Yeah, this is the all-2010 team uh, coming (laughs) back in 2021. (laughs) Tommy Lestella's giving a little help here and there. My God. 
Brandon Belt. I mean, these guys are fucking pushing 40, and they, they're going for a World Series this year. Johnny Cueto? No way this guy's actually pitching. Oh my <laughs> God. He actually still is. Oh, my God. Holy smokes. Look at this. That's impressive. Uh, I, clearly, I don't pay enough attention to baseball because this is blowing my mind. You could have pulled up like the 2012 power rankings. I, I, that's what I would have. That's what I'd be expecting. I mean, I don't remember the. I mean, sure, the Dodgers were fucking great back then too. The Dodgers are like the, the Yankees in the NL. I know fans would argue that that's the Cardinals who have won the most World Series. But my God, I mean, then we got the Dodgers at two. We've got the Astros at three. The Houston Asterix. I can't even be that hard on them anymore after learning that there is suspicion there's cheating all across the league. It's yeah. just running rampant. Running rampant. It's not great. But the Astros are 45 and 28. The Mattress King, who's very famous for betting a lot of his earnings on games, put tw- or put $2 million for the Astros to win the World Series. If it were to hit the payout would be $22 million, which would be the largest U.S. sports betting win in history. Yeah, Mattress Mac, he's back at it again. Um, I think he, uh, yeah, made a big wager on the Bucks in the Super Bowl, so he's doing well. I think it's kind of a cool story. You know, he runs a big promotion for his store, um, which I think ties into the Astros winning. I think if they win, he uh, people get, like, free mattresses, something like that. So it's partly a hedge, partly a he just makes big bets and people talk about him and it's pretty cool. So yeah, he made it at like four different sports books and you said 2 million, but I think it was 2 million at one spot. It was a million at another spot, like 500 grand, like on DraftKings and Colorado, wherever it was, um, came out to a little more than three and a half million in total. So I don't know. I could see Houston doing it. I mean, I thought they might've done it last year, but I mean, this is their honor roll 116 in their last 20. This is a very good team still. So, you know, we'll see what happens here. You know, the Yankees are playing like shit. So, in the AL right now. It's really open, especially with, like, although I know you don't like me bringing his name up because you forgot who he was. Good friend. He's been on the show multiple times. Matt Collada. His White Sox are sitting in four. Not even the Cubs. The Cubs are no longer the leader in Chicago on the power rankings. Carlos Rendon turning into an ace. Um, there's a lot of injuries still there and they're 44 and 30. Um, we'll see that team's only going to get healthier and potentially better. The Sox are exciting. Yeah. They're very exciting. Um, so yeah, like you said, they're playing great right now. I mean, they get guys like Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez, um, get a fully healthy pitching staff. It's a scary team. That is a scary team. A team that I think could definitely win the AL, if not the entire thing. I mean, Tony Russo, they're they're playing some good baseball right now. Tony La Russa might be a cockbag, but they're playing good baseball. <laughs> well, they absolutely are. So uh yeah, we'll we'll see what happens here. But you know, once uh once the NBA finals are over, um, yeah, we'll definitely start focusing a little bit more. We'll be kind of near the all-star break in the MLB. And then uh yeah, we'll really start diving in getting those rankings dialed up every single week for you. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it's fun to see these rankings again. Giants, Dodgers, the only two NL teams before you get to the eighth spot with the Padres because then you got Astros, White Sox, Athletics, Rays, and Red Sox. Um, Cubbies are at nine before we stop mentioning teams on this list. Cubbies, 
are going to go through a stretch from May 28th to the All-Star break where they only play three teams under 500, which is absolutely asinine. Um, and hopefully they've been playing good ball. Like I said, I'm excited to go see them play. Um, Patrick Wisdom has been – I don't even know how to explain it. His wisdom is mighty for sure. Um, but that's what I got for baseball. Any funny sports stories to go? Anything like wild this week that happened that I need to comment on? That I need to give an opinion that nobody gives a shit about? Um, I, don't, I don't think there was. Do you know of any? Uh, not that I can think of. I mean, I'm sure there was one, but I don't know. I mean, it's very, very NBA focused right now. It is NBA focused. They're dominating. They had their draft lot or their the draft lottery, which is separate from the draft. Yesterday, the Rockets are going to get the second pick. That that organization could have, I believe, in my opinion, just the way the NBA drafts have been working out, they could have three first overall picks the next three years. I still don't think they come out of like below five hundred. It's just a douchey comment by me, but I that's I stand by it. <laughs> yeah, we'll uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but I just the Bulls weren't anywhere up there. I think they traded their pick, so I didn't really even. Who gives a shit? It's Nikola Vukovic or bus, baby. Give me <laughs> give me the Vuk train, baby. No, we don't need no Jokic or Nurkic or Jokic or Bokic or Doncic. We just need Vukic. Give it to me. I'm all about it. That Bulls is playoffs next year. I well, maybe we hope. You know, one 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 could hope. Kobe White becomes so big that our money we threw into a hole for his card comes back to us somehow but (laughs) that's uh the opening line screw nfts ethereum hopefully goes well and uh we'll be back next week one week closer to the nfl being mentioned and talked about in full on the opening line um hopefully we get something cool going on like i said by the time you hear from us next i'm sure suns will be in the nba finals that's all i got Catch you next week. This has been the opening line with your host, Wits. Smooth Rods.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.